بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسول الكريم ما بعد ونبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه قال سئل رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أن أكثر ما يدخل الناس الجنة قال تقوى الله وحسن الخلق وسئل أن أكثر ما يدخل الناس النار فقال الفم والفرج رواه الترمذي وقال حديث حسن صحيح Abu Hurairah radiyallahu ta'ala and who narrates that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was asked as to what will be the most conducive means by which people will enter into paradise. He said taqwa for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the beautification, perfection of one's akhlaq and character. Most people will enter Jannah through this. And then asked about what will cause more people to enter into Jahannam than anything else. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi responded to this. And as I mentioned, this hadith, we have been discussing it for the last few sessions. We've reached the latter part of the hadith. And to reiterate the response that Rasulullah gave, this will cause majority of my ummah to enter into Jahannam. Obviously, we have to be very cautious and very careful about these detrimental aspects. Allah's Rasulullah is saying, Akthar, nothing more than this. Nothing will be more destructive. Nothing will cause you to enter into Jahannam more than this. And the two things Nabi Islam warned us about, both are what we may call limbs of the body. One is Rasulullah said the mouth. By the mouth, as we discussed in great detail, is the harm that is inflicted with the tongue. Lies, backbiting, tail carrying, slander, inflicting hurt upon people, causing disunity, breaking the hearts of people. These, whilst they have become the norm in the day-to-day practice of life, are very, very destructive qualities. In fact, they go against the very grain of akhlaq and character. And the second thing which Rasulullah said, al-farj. The word farj literally translated means private parts. So Nabi Salaam is saying that the private part is something that will cause majority of people or majority of my ummah to enter into Jahannam. Now what is meant by the private parts? Fourteen centuries ago, maybe a full comprehension and realization of just how destructive what we call sexual orientation or sexual freedom is. Maybe they didn't appreciate it at that time. But Allah's Rasul was the Nabi till Qiyamah. Allah Ta'ala revealed upon Rasulullah aspects that are part of what we call ilm azali Allah's eternal knowledge. In today's context, if you look at our society today, with zina, fornication, adultery, homosexuality, gunas and sins that have to do with sexual orientation, they have become so common that it is mind-boggling. Every direction we look, we are living in an age or an era where, as I mentioned many times previously, haya, shame, modesty, this is something 
that has become almost, we can't even relate to it. From a young age, if you look at the school environment, intermingling of the sexes of boys and girls, school environment, university environment, wherever you go, sexual temptation, haya and shame, today nobody wants to even speak about it. When we see how prevalent, how prevalent gunas that have to do with lack of shame, with lack of modesty have become, then we understand, we can say from the bottom of the heart, Sadaqa Rasulullah, that the Rasul of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa spoke the absolute truth. It was almost as if Allah Ta'ala had revealed this current age in front of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa And he is warning his ummah that listen, this is the thing that is going to lead you to Jahannam. This is going to destroy your deen, destroy your akhirat, destroy the very essence of your nature. Islam has given us certain protections, has given us a fortress of protection from all these negative things that are going to take us, that are going to destroy our deen. And when it comes to the private part, when Allah Ta'ala speaks in the Qur'an, Allah Ta'ala says, قُلْ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ قُلْ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ Tell the believers. This is imperative command, this is farz. This is qat'i nas, clear revelation in the Qur'an. قُلْ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ Tell the believers. يَغُدُّوا مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِمْ وَيَحْفَذُوا فُرُوجَهُمْ And then very very interestingly, normally in the Qur'an, when there is a hukam or command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that has to do with the males and the females, in other words the general ummah, the male gender is used, قُلِّ mu'minin, Tell the believers. But interestingly in Surah Nur, both sides we find. Allah Ta'ala says, قُلِّ mu'minin," And Im- in immediately after that, قُلِّ الْمُؤْمِنَاتِ Tell the ma- believing men. And then the next verse, tell the believing women. يَغُدُّ min absarihim, And in the next verse, يَغُدُّدْنَ absarahunna. In other words, the female tense. The same hukam, the same order is repeated twice. To make us understand just how important this is. For the males it is repeated, for first Allah Ta'ala addresses the believing men, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses the believing women. And what is the message? يَغُدُّوا مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِمْ Tell them, lower their gazes. Lower their gazes. Clothe yourself with the cloak of haya and shame. The hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu khayrun kulluhu. Nabi said, haya, shame is Every good, every khair, every benefit you want, you'll find it in haya. Al-haya la ya'ati illa bi khair. Another hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, haya brings only goodness with it. Another hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, inna li kulli deenin khuluqa. Inna li kulli deenin khuluqa. Wa khuluqul islami al-haya. He said, every deen, every religion, every constitution, every shariat has an akhlaq. It has an emblem, call it a mascot, it has a distinguishing characteristic. And how do you identify? For example, somebody belongs to a certain company, there's a certain color code. You'll see his dressing, he belongs to that company or that society or that group. So Nabi Islam said, what's the color code? What's the distinguishing factor? How do you find Islam? He said, wa khuluqul Islam, the akhlaq and character of Islam is al-haya, shame. Then Ibrahim Devla sahab, down barakatuh, 
In fact, he gives a whole bayan on this. I mentioned this previously. He says, if you want to know something is sunnah, how do you recognize something is sunnah? How do you recognize that this has a link with my Nabi, sallallahu alayhi wasallam? What about a certain characteristic or character trait or certain behavior stereotype will tell you this is linked to sunnah? How do you find out? He says, you'll always find two things in it. Any practice in which there are two things will tell you this is sunnah, this is deen. What are the two things? The first thing he said is haya, shame, modesty. And the second is simplicity, sadgi. And anything that is batil, away from sunnah, goes against the grain of sunnah, of the shariat of Islam, the ways of the enemies of Rasulullah you will always find two things. So today if you want to know, is my nikah sunnah, is my dressing sunnah, is my home sunnah, is my business sunnah, is my way of life sunnah, look for these two things. Is there haya, modesty, shame? And is there simplicity? Then we know this is sunnah, this is sharia, this is deen. And if these other two things are found, then you will know that this can never be sunnah. And this is the way of the people of Batil. Two things. He said, shamelessness, shamelessness and israf, extravagance. If in a nikah, in a marriage, you can call it, say whatever you want, print the wedding invitation cards, Bismillah, Rahman, Rahim. Mention the hadith to an nikah from in sunnati. You can do whatever you want. Try and give it an Islamic ethos. But if these two things are there, shamelessness and israf, extravagance, then whatever title or whatever name you want to put on it, understand this can never be deen, this can never be sharia. This can never be anything that is close to Rasulullah or identified with Rasulullah sallallahu My Nabi from head to toe was haya, was modesty, was shame. And my Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was head from head to toe was sadgi, simplicity. What he brought, anyone could follow. The richest of the rich and the poorest of the poor. There was no, no one had an impediment in following any aspect of the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Coming back to the point, Allah Ta'ala, like I said, Islam has given us certain protections, certain means by which you will be able to protect your private part. Nabi Islam said, Al-Famu Al-Farj, the tongue and the private part will lead more people to, of my ummah to Jahannam than anything else. What is the protection? Quran tells us, min Say to the believing men, say to the believing women, Lower your gaze and protect your private parts. Believing men, believing women. In other words, the protection of one's chastity is impossible unless we learn to lower our gaze. Lower your gaze, get control of this. We find there are two chaskas. There are two so-called ecstasies. There are two so-called enjoyments in which Allah protect us Human nature is such that over these two so-called ecstasies and protections and enjoyments, there's no limit. Once you start, once you open the door, forget. It just carries on. One is the tongue. The more you make ghibat, the more you, the, the more you slander, the more you get involved in useless talk. It one thing leads to another. It carries on and on. And the so-called enjoyment and the destruction just carries on, like a fire which is burning freely. And the second thing ulama ikram warn us is this gaze. The more free your gaze is, looking here, looking there, looking there, once the door is open, it is very, very difficult to close that door. 
And in the closing of that door, lowering of this gaze, Allah has kept such nur of iman, such nur of iman, such spiritual power, Allah Ta'ala has kept in the lowering of the gaze, that ulama say that if one learns to control his gaze, Allah will bring the malaika at his dictates. Allah will control the heavens and the earth for this person. If he will low, learn to lower his gaze. The hadith of Rasulullah says, Nabi says, Allah says, Allah says, lower your gaze. Control this gaze. Abdaltuhu imanan yajidu halawatahu fi qalbihi. Nabi says, Allah says, I will give you such iman. I will give you such iman if you will lower your gaze that you will taste the sweetness in your heart. Allah will give you the maza of tahajjud, the maza of tilawat of Qur'an, the ecstasy of zikr, the ecstasy of his ibadat, if you will learn to lower this gaze. Ulama say a person whose gaze is free, 1000 Junaid Baghdadis, rahimahumullahs, will never be able to guide this person. And a person whose gaze is controlled, 1000 shaitans also will never be able to deviate him. The control of the gaze and control of one's private part Protection of one's chastity is impossible. Quran is telling us, unless we learn to lower our gaze. To complete this hadith, Rasulullah was asked, what will cause more people to enter into Jahannam than anything else? Rasulullah said, it is the tongue, or the, in other words, the mouth. In other words, if we don't control our tongue, our speech, and the second he said, the private part. And like we learn in Quran, the private part is linked to the gaze, and particularly to haya and shame and modesty. Like it was to fix one.